technically, it's still winter here in the triad, but this weather of late has us feeling like spring is not only right around the corner, but at times that it's already here, which means we're about to enter the hottest time in real estate. And perhaps now it's the perfect time to start talking to the Sharp Mortgage team about buying a home. When the market gets hot, being pre-approved for a mortgage loan first means that when your dream home hits the market, you're ready to make an offer. The Sharp Mortgage team has down payment assistance programs to make home ownership dreams possible for many in the Winston-Salem and Greensboro areas. They also specialize in construction lending, physician loans, and renovation loans too. Let the Sharp team prove to you how easy buying a home can be. Get started with an email to our friend Ashley McKenzie Sharp, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E, loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening into our February episode, talking all about money with our certified financial planner, Jennifer Johnson from Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They are based right here in the triad in Winston-Salem. You know, there were so many different ways we could have gone with this conversation, Jennifer, because there's so (laughs) much in the news. There's the the, the pending Supreme Court hearing on the student loan forgiveness program. There's the uh, deflation, I guess we would call it, because inflation is is curbing a little bit. There's Mm -hmm. job, there's the employment Mm -hmm. rate, which is trending in the right direction. There's so many things that we could touch on that the debt ceiling crisis. All right. Um, we've covered all of these topics before. Yeah. If you want to <laughs> hear us talk about the debt ceiling, just go back to the last time it was a thing and you can find an episode we did. <laughs> right. On we, we've covered student loan True. forgiveness. So we True. thought, and this was your idea, we thought today we would tackle the age old question of can money buy happiness? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't resist. Couldn't resist. Yeah. So what inspired you to finally take on a question as heavy as this one? As old as time, right? Right, right. Probably as old as time. But yeah, I guess um, it's a topic that's always intrigued me because of course, you know, as a as a CFP or certified financial planner, you know, you what what I really love about that is the ability to impact people's lives, right? And see your work kind of come to life when you see them achieve, you know, big financial goals. But of course you run into, you know, to people that maybe aren't happy or, um, you know, I've, I've wondered, you know, how, how much does, does someone's financial situation in, impact their happiness? And then um, just so happens. So I'm a rotary member. I'm a member of Renolda rotary. And so we get a magazine. And so this month's rotary magazine, I was, you know, flipping through that, uh, we were trying to decide, you know, what to talk about this month. You know, I thought about doing something. It's Valentine's Day month. You know, do you do something about relationships and, mm-hmm. you know, and that can go real wrong on us. Right. So, I mean, so we decided, you know, let's, let's look at this, um, this topic. And I, and I noticed this, this article titled can money buy happiness. And it says it depends. Um, the little subtitle is it's not the amount, it's what you do with it that matters. So it got my attention, got my attention right away. And so of course I had to read that um, and see what they said. Cause I've got, you know, my own biases, I guess, from talking to people about money all day, every day. And I'm sure we, we all use money, 
right? In our modern world, we sure. all think about it. Um, so I thought that was would just be such an interesting topic. And um, luckily, you agreed. So I thought we'd, we'd dive into that. So what, how did you... How did you generally feel about that topic before you read this article? Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a terribly new topic. I mean, it's certainly been discussed before. Um, I have seen, you know, seen research on it. And obviously I'm talking to people, like we said, all the time. And, and a lot of times, you know, as we've said before, one of the biggest reasons people seek out a financial advisor is they're they're preparing mostly for retirement. That seems to be the biggest, most common thing. And a lot of times people come in and they are very unhappy with their job. Uh, of course, their job is their source of money. Um, and so there's that somewhat, you know, if they can't retire, you know, is that would, would having more money make them happier? Um, and, and you'd often think yes, right? I mean, so especially if you want to be financially independent, you don't want to have to go to a job that you dislike. Um, you know, you'd think having more money would inherently make, you know, make people happier. Uh, and of course, we've, we've talked about this before on podcasts too, where, you know, maybe people aren't making great financial decisions or they haven't in the past, right? Um, and sometimes the consequences of that can make you unhappy, such as, you know, maybe you, um, you've racked up a lot of student debt, right? And you back to that, you're, you know, because you have to pay that off, you know, you're in a job maybe you don't really love, right? Um, but you need to make that income so you can pay that back. Or it's not student debt, but you just really were overspending or were at a time where you, you, you didn't have the income and you racked up some credit card debt that just every time you open that statement, that balance is higher. Um, so, so we definitely encounter those situations where that lack of money or money choices makes you unhappy. So you'd think the flip side would be true, right? Um, right. Where if you had money and you didn't have debt and you could either choose to work or not, that you'd be happy, right? Um, I don't know if that's how... Do you have simpler thoughts, I guess? Yeah, so Adam, is it yeah it thoughts? sounds like what you're saying is, and, and we've seen it before. I mean, so many things that cause anxiety or, mm -hmm. um, I mean, what's, what's one of the leading causes for people being unhappy in their, in their marriage is financial, financial right. troubles can, can be up there. Um, that's right. You know, if, if somebody is, is wallowing in debt or they have, they can't keep up with their bills. Um, mm -hmm. so it sounds like, and I, I think I agree with this, that not being able to handle your finances, your financial obligations can cause a great deal of unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it, it's almost like having having the money you need creates the absence of unhappiness, but I don't know that necessarily equals happiness. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, and of course we'll we'll talk about the rotary uh, message too. But you know, even before that, um, I think it was Princeton University did a study back in back in 2010. It looks like I'm finding my notes now. So it was Princeton University, um, and they they tackled this before and said, you know, does does having more money make you happy? And the interesting answer was yes to a degree. 
right? And I think <laughs> I think that's what you're getting at too. Like some of the uh, things that make us unhappy that we've discussed before. You know, one of the more yeah, you know, I think popular requests have been, you know, what to do about this debt that's hanging over me or credit cards or student loans, you know, those things make us unhappy. And it's interesting what they found back in 2010 was that money does make you happier up to a certain income level, probably that income level where you can handle things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what they found back then was uh, that income was about 70 to 75,000 was the income level that if you were under that, you know, you probably, you were probably unhappy. Right. And then once you got over that, you know, it may not make that much difference if you made in terms of your happiness anyway, if you made a hundred thousand or if you made 500,000, that didn't necessarily correlate to greater happiness, yeah. which kind of makes sense when you think about it. Right. It does. Um, there, there's no way we. I, I think that you can absolutely say that it can buy happiness because you there. There are just certain things in life you can't throw money at to fix, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Um, sure. And but I will say it. It it can it can create the the absence of things that make you unhappy in your life by being able to yeah. take care of those obligations, and also mm-hmm. you can afford to do things that bring you joy. Um, if, right. if I, if I had, if I had the money to take all the family vacations that I wanted to, that would make our family happier. Yeah, <laughs> that's know? right. But, but, but in that's certain right. instances, I don't think you can say it just, it, it would never be able to create some overwhelming, consistent feeling. Um, mm-hmm. but it would create more, more joyful experiences, more joyful moments. Yeah. I think, I think you're hitting on another thing when we've, related to this topic about, you know, money and what we use it for, right? And whether or not that makes us, that increases our happiness. Um, and, and happiness, that just must be like the topic of the day, maybe because, you know, we decided this last week, went to church on Sunday, and the minister said, we're starting a series on happiness. And I thought, boy, this has been, <laughs> this is a sign, right? Yeah. That this is, um, that this is the right thing. And and one thing we we see related to that idea of like going on vacations and stuff, you know, so sometimes you'll, you know, people with, with greater incomes, you know, or, or whatever your income level, really, you know, what you're spending it on, does that make you, does that make you happier? I think, I think we've just sort of decided if, if you can't meet your basic living expenses, you're obviously, that's going to be tough to be happy, right? But kind of once you're beyond that, um, you know, I think I think a great question that people would want to ponder is, is what you're doing with your money increasing your happiness, right? And I think one of the themes we see when there's there's studies we've seen this, and you, and you probably have heard of these things too, is when you spend money on maybe material goods, that happiness doesn't last. No, right? it's very fleeting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get a new car, or something like it's cool for a while, or like a new phone. Um, but especially if it's something like you got to make some payments on or, you know, or, or it just kind of loses its luster, that happiness doesn't, doesn't last. But what we find is when people spend money on those experiences, they rarely seem to regret that. And I think that, that may be another, you know, another interesting little twist on this is, is maybe when you don't have the money to have those experiences, right. Um, 
you know, that, that you miss out on something there. So, if you, and, and then if you do have the funds, you know, what are you spending it on? Are you spending it, you know, on things that you, you, you know, that are more material that, you know, may require maintenance and things, you know, you, you know, w- won't be in love with in six months, or do you have memories of that family trip? Timing is everything in life. And I'm certainly hoping that my timing is right to deliver this message to you from the Ginther Group, a triad real estate team with a vast local knowledge. What's the question you often ask yourself when it comes to buying or selling a home? Is this the right time? Buyer's market, seller's market, low interest rates, high interest rates, doesn't matter. The answer can always be yes. You just have to strategize appropriately. And we provided many of those guides in our podcast with Blake Ginther and his team right here on this same feed. But here's a new one offered by the Ginther Group. Let's say you want to sell, but your home condition isn't ideal for a competitive marketplace. They've got a program that can help called Renovate Now, Pay Later. That's right. If your home is a little rough around the edges, you can make the improvements now and pay at closing when you sell. Contact the Ginther Group at 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to learn more and see if it's an option for you. You can also talk to them about other helpful resources like their first-time homebuyer seminar or a real estate wealth management consultation. Whatever you need, contact them today and like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. You know, we, we, we took a trip to Disney last spring break. Yeah. And if we could afford going to Disney more often than once every three to five years. Yeah, right. right. I think I think that would create a uh, that would create some amazing memories, and it would yeah. it would give us. I don't know that it necessarily makes us like doesn't make me necessarily a happier person, but mm-hmm. it it's. Mm-hmm. I think this is what you're getting at, though, is um, the idea of having more money doesn't necessarily bring happiness but um as as we as we dive into the article here it's more focused on uh depends on how you use it in terms of whether it can it can affect this yeah that's that's right i mean i think i think a similar theme um you know is that one you know what are we doing with those funds and then that's that's interesting because you know i mentioned the um the rotary right um the Rotary article and Rotary, of course, is a service organization, right? So it was interesting how I, as I read that article, some of the things that, that were shared in there, I mean, one, um, you know, I guess Harvard has really dug into this happiness um, theme because uh, in there, they mentioned a Harvard business school professor, Michael Norton, who had, who had co-authored a book called Happy Money, The Science of Happier Spending which I'll say I have not read, but it does sound like a catchy title. And, and they have shared some of the things that, that uh, Professor Norton d- discovered in that book. And one thing that was kind of interesting is they, they did an experiment um, in which they took students. Um, now, this was at the University of British Columbia. So you might say, well, would that replicate here in the United States or other parts of the world? Um, and what they what they mentioned in here is that this this has been replicated in other areas of the world and they found similar results. But what they did with the students is that they would they would give them some cash. Um, and in some instances, they gave them an envelope of five dollars. Um, in other instances, they gave them an envelope of twenty dollars um, and they said, OK, 
you know, half of them, they said, you've got to spend this money on yourself by five o'clock today. The other half, they said, you've got to spend this money on someone else by five o'clock that day. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. So you're given some money and, um, you know, so, so they're, they're kind of said, okay, either spend it on yourself or someone else. And the interesting thing is they, and then they came back, of course, at the end of the day, questioned the students, you know, about what they did with it and kind of how they felt about it, you know, and the interesting thing was that the people who spent the money on someone else reported being happier. I guess they must have asked them how happy they were (laughs) earlier in the day when they gave them the money and then said, okay, how happy are you now? If you use that money (laughs) on someone else, um, you know, or, or, you know, a donation or you, you bought somebody else something. So it might've been, you know, that they bought somebody else a cup of coffee or they found a kid, bought them a, um, a stuffed animal um, or they did something for themselves. Right. They bought themselves something, too. And in the, in the flip side is that those folks that did something for somebody else uh, reported being happier than those that bought or did things for themselves. Hmm. And that interesting. That is interesting. And I, I, I believe it. I wonder uh, I wonder if that changes depending on the amount of money they give you to spend mm, that's a good question you know that's a good question because I'm, I'm yeah. trying to i'm trying to think like what could what would i spend five hundred dollars on <laughs> that would act that would right, actually right, right. You know, make me feel happier and I, I don't know i mean you know like it you can't really make a, a, a super large life-changing purchase with five hundred dollars but i agree like uh I get a better feeling if I buy something for my kids or my wife or, yeah, um, you know, because you see how happy it makes them when you do something like that. And um, right. that, that's, that's, that kind of gets to the experience. Like you experience, yes. um, you're like, wow, I remember how I felt when I got to see the look on, you know, kids faces when I spent $500 getting them a new bike or something like that, you know? Right. That's right. Yeah. And I know you're, you're active with some charities too. I'm sure that feels, feels good when you're able to give back. Sure. Absolutely. So yeah, I think, um, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I don't think that those results necessarily are surprising to hear, but at the same time, it's not something you think about when you, when you consider the question that we're, that we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would have, I would have thought, you know, somebody gave you money and said, you know, do it, have fun with us, right? Like you'd think you'd report being happier if you just did something you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying like, you got to give this away. You know, I mean, you'd think that you'd be happier. And one of the comments they made in there, um, and this again is Michael Norton, I guess, makes this discovery or reports this in his book. He says that many people typically overestimate the effect more money will have on their happiness. They think money is the magic cure and they make all their decisions based on whether it will get them more of it. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so that, you know, to, and I think we've, we sort of decided to a certain extent, you know, money solves a lot of problems that we have. And so, you know, if, you, if it's, you can't eat, obviously, you know, having some money there will, you know, I think yeah. bring, bring your level of happiness up, but probably once you get past a certain point, it's, what do I do with those funds? You know, am I um, spending it on 
more material goods that you're just dis- get disenchanted with, or am I doing experiences with my family or helping other people with it? Um, and that, that seems to result in much different happiness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Satisfaction. You know, I, I think about, um, I think about situations with like professional athletes, right? Professional mm, athletes that have, yeah. that have so much money and you, and you wonder like, man, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could live that life. I wouldn't have a care yeah. in the world. I'd be playing the sport that I love and making all this money. And, right. you know, and, and one of the, one of the things I think that genuinely brings them the most joy or anybody who has accumulated that kind of wealth is like, I love hearing the stories about athletes that buy a home for their mom or their dad oh, or, yeah, or, a, or a family member. Um, and you know, it's, it's nothing that really uh, adds to the things that they own or what they do, but they, they do something that's life-changing for somebody else. And yeah, the, the ability cool. to do things like that, I think can, can bring happiness with, with money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also True. wonder, I also wonder about, you know, we talking about, we talk about having money to try to, um, of, you know, take care of certain problems that people have, but I don't know that money can ever fix problems permanently. You know? Oh, true. It's, yeah, true. It, well, yeah. And back to the, uh, uh, the idea of like an athlete, right. That gets, you know, you think like you've made, you know, by 25, you've made in theory, all the money you've, you'd ever need. Right. So you mm-hmm. think that would solve a lot of problems, but, but we know all these stories of athletes that actually like end up bankrupt. Sure. Right. Um, and, and, and end up very unhappy, which we know. Cause you buy the thing, you buy the things that you think will make you happy. And you realize that it yeah. goes, that, that feeling goes away very quickly with just buying things. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And there's maybe to your point, there's, um, you know, people are often surprised, you know, how, how quickly, you know, how quickly people can run out of money. You know, I mean, you think yeah. of that as like an infinite amount of money, but you know, but there's always something to spend it on. And, and so sometimes people end up maybe in worse shape lottery winners, right. I think are another example mm-hmm. um, where a lots and lots of them end up, you know, destitute, especially those I think that take the lump sum and they end up r- kind of running through money. And then, you know, maybe even be, that would be an interesting little follow-up to see if there's any happiness studies done on lottery winners. Um, I don't know of any, if we have any listeners, I'm going to say, let's, let's try to, let's, let's track down a lottery winner as a guest, as a guest on (laughs) our next episode. (laughs) Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If there's anyone listening, that's won the lottery. We want to hear from you. We want to know if you are, if you are a a categorically happier than you were pre winning the lottery. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> please tell us. Yeah. Or if you know of studies or something that have been done there, I think we might be surprised to find that people maybe aren't as happy after, after getting those and, and then what you might think. And then, you know, that might bring out some things to make you unhappy, like people coming out of the woodwork, you know, looking for financial right. support. If they know you, yeah. you have this huge pot of money um, the effect on the relationships that people have um, to w- when you have a, a surge of money that's hard for people to manage on their own. But a uh, very interesting topic, though. Interesting yeah. Topic. Anything else from the article that, that stood out related to the question? 
Yeah, I think um, one other comment that's made on there, which is sort of a really good summary, I thought, it says money can buy happiness, but we need to stop thinking that it has to do with the amount we accumulate and instead start thinking about what we're, we're doing with the money that makes us happy, uh, which I think is very true. I mean, I think when you know, we think about planning for folks, like planning for a, a big goal, um, you know, the goal is not really to people come in and say, my goal is to die with as most money as possible in my yeah. accounts, right? I mean, that's very, I'm not, not to say those people are out there. I'm sure there's some folks, you know, out there that that is the goal, but most of the time it's, you know, they, they want to make sure they're, they're accrue enough, you know, to where they can, you know, meet those needs throughout their life. Um, which is which is a big goal, but it is more about what they're going to do with those funds than a bigger dollar amount on the page. Um, yeah. Now, not to say those numbers don't matter. Obviously, they they do and make realistic thinking and planning. But um, but I, I think it's just a new way to to really think about it, and and hopefully it's it's been helpful for folks to you know maybe think about what you know, their own spending decisions, you know, and what their, their own goals are, you know, and, and yeah. how, you know, money can be, I like to say money's a tool, right? It's not the end game necessarily, but it's a tool that does have a huge impact on people's lives, which again is what drew me to this career and is what is it, what I still find exciting about it today. But, you know, I think it highlights the decisions we make with it, you know, really impact our well-being. Yeah. The, 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 the article seems to point out that if, if you're asking the question and only thinking about accumulating more money can bring happiness, you're not really answering the question because it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, what are you, it's, yeah, you can accumulate all the money you, you can try to, but if you're not you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. You got to you got to plan for how you're going to then use that wealth to um, right. to make an impact on on That's yourself, right. on your family, on others. So mm -hmm. it's it's a deeper question. It's um it's it's not can money buy happiness. It's not does more money make does is is it a sliding scale of the more money you have, the happier you are. It's it's more of a no people that are able to do things like this with their money then are are generally um, in more of a state of happiness than others. Yeah, I think that's what multiple studies have shown. Right is is there's probably not a high correlation between people that are ultra wealthy necessarily just based on numbers on a page, but maybe if they're um, super charitable as a result mm -hmm. of being wealthy, if mm -hmm. they're, you know, have, have used that for maybe for other things that bring joy to themselves and their loved ones. Um, you know, certainly again, we're, you know, I think we're, we're all aware that folks that struggle with their day-to-day -day issues, you know, we're not belittling that at all. And we know, we know there are people out there that are especially in this time with inflation and food costs really up that that's a big challenge for folks. And I, and I think it's easy to see how that would be an issue, but I think most people, probably most folks that are listening to this podcast are beyond that. 
and they're they're probably young professionals or people that are in their careers and hopefully it's helped them really think about their own financial goals and what's important to them and and I would just encourage people to to make sure what you're actually doing with the the resources you have match up with that um and if not you know what what do you need to do differently to to make sure you're working toward your your goals be it charitable goals for today or you know, planning goals for the future. Right. Well, that's, uh, that's certainly a change in our conversations from the last <laughs> few episodes. True. Uh, true. All, all of them are important, but, um, it's, it's a good philosophical question. Um, and, and I think the, the, yeah. the study, the study, uh, points out some things that people don't consider when it, when, when you just think about it from the standpoint of, all right, to be happier, I just need to make more money. Right, right. Yeah. If I had more, yeah. If I made more, when I'm at this point in my career, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. And we just don't necessarily find that to be true, you know. Back, back to once you're yeah. past a certain point. Um, and I think that that makes sense, you know, when we when you really ponder that. So we're open to feedback, you know. Yeah. If you want to hear more topics, and, yeah, we want to let us know, and we want to talk to lottery winners. We want to talk to. That's right. Winners. Yeah, if that's you. <laughs> If that's you, please call me at 336-701-1600. We're here locally in Winston-Salem. Yep. <laughs> All right. She is uh, She is Jennifer Johnson, certified financial planner <laughs> with three Magnolias. Jennifer, enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. Thank you. Securities offered through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.